looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. That's the portion of Scripture I'm going to be looking at this morning. Property and Space, I forgot to say, they're going to be meeting today at 4.30 in the chapel. They're supposed to meet next week, but something to do with Valentine's Day. We decided that it would be better not to meet that day. Of course, it's Super Bowl today, but we should be through in plenty of time for people to watch the Super Bowl. And I'd like to ask a question. How many of you are pulling for Kansas City? Raise your hand. Okay, I see those hands. How many of you are pulling for Tampa Bay? Raise your hand. About the same number. How many of you don't care? Raise your hand. <laughs> How many of you don't watch it anymore? Raise your hand. Okay, I think that last one might have won. Uh, I, I don't know that I'm going to watch it, but I, I sort of want Tampa Bay to win because Tom Brady is old. He's 43 years old. I'm getting old. So I pull for people who are old. But the reality is that I'm more impressed with Drew Brees. And he's only 42. But some of you know that, that on November the 15th against San Francisco, he had 11 broken ribs and a collapsed lung. And he came back to play toward the end of the series. In fact, he was playing against Tom Brady. Tom Brady's team won. Uh, against the New Orleans Saints, but I'm impressed that Drew Brees was even playing. Found out later that he also had a torn fascia in his foot as well as a torn rotator cuff. Uh, so I'm impressed that, that he was playing. In the, in the midst of difficult times, he was still a winner, even though he did lose that last game. It's fun to win, even in the midst of difficult times. Football is not easy. Those of you who played football probably remember two-a-days in August. Uh, for some reason in South Carolina, it's a little warm in August, and when you have two-a-days in August, you can, it can be a long, long month, long, long day. But you do what is necessary in order to win. I had an opportunity to go to a wedding not long ago. I think I mentioned that, uh, that Caleb and Caroline were married, but when I was at the wedding, I met her father, Doug Cleary, and I mentioned that I was from Sumter, and he said, Sumter, I lost a state championship in Sumter back in 1975, and I thought for a minute, I was thinking, that's a long time ago, you don't look that old, but then I realized I played in that state championship <laughs> game. I came to the realization, and we talked about the fact that our teams played against one another. We had played the third game of the series and of the season and tied. We were both 10-0-1 going into the last game, and we won the state championship. You know, that was a lot of fun, winning a state championship, winning a Super Bowl, winning a World Series, or whatever it might be. It's fun to win, but you need to do what is necessary in order to win. Makes sense, does it not? Paul said this in 1 Corinthians 9, 24. Do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to win. When it comes to living the Christian life, we need to run in such a way as to win. We need to be seeking to live in such a way that we are victorious in Jesus Christ. I think there's some principles in Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, that we can learn from. If you will, take your Bibles and turn to Hebrews chapter 12, 
verses 1 and 2. We're not sure who the author of this is. Some, pay, some people say Paul. Some people say Apollos. It might be someone else. Uh, but whoever it was talked a lot about faith. Hebrews chapter 11 is a chapter on faith and the people in the Bible who had faith. And of course, one of the most famous verses in Hebrews eleven six is, without faith, it is impossible to please God. He that comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Well, in chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, this is what it says. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. I believe that there are several principles that we can learn from these two verses. One is that we need to look around. As, as we look at the first part of verse number 12, it says, therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. Now some have said that this might be witnesses who are watching us live. And that might be a possibility. But really the word witness means martyrs. It, it's the word that could be used for martyrs. And, and really, in all probability, it is talking about the fact that we can look around. We can look in Hebrews chapter 11 other portions of scripture and we can see heroes of the faith who have lived for God, who have run to win. Hebrews 11 is full. I think you should read Hebrews 11 this afternoon if you have opportunity because these people had faith and God used them in a significant way. And it's important for us to look around, number one, in the word of God and find people that had faith and that God used in a significant way. Again, Hebrews chapter 11, but in 1 Corinthians 11, 1, Paul said this, imitate me as I imitate Jesus Christ. In other words, Paul was an example that we could follow. In fact, in Hebrews chapter, I mean, Philippians chapter 3 and verse number 17, uh, this is what Paul said, Philippians 3, 17, brethren, join in following my example and note those who so walk as you have us for a pattern. The New Living Translation says, Dear brothers and sisters, pattern your lives after mine and learn from those who follow our example. In other words, the ideal is that we look into the Word of God and we find people who have lived for God in the, in the, in the, in the Old Testament and New Testament. We learn from them. But we can also look around us in the world and we can see men and women who are living for God, and we can follow their example. Now, I know that, that some of you think, well, I could never say imitate me as I imitate Christ because I'm, I'm imperfect. But was not Paul imperfect? In, in Philippians 3, 13, he said, brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended. He realized his imperfection. In fact, he indicated that he was the chief of sinners. So even though in the past he had not lived for God like he should, and even though he failed on occasion, he was an individual who sought to be like Jesus Christ. And therefore, because he imitated Christ, he encouraged the reader to imitate him. 
We need to look around us in the Word of God, but also in the world around us and find people who are really living for God, and we need to imitate them. Of course, ultimately, we need to imitate Jesus Christ. We need to follow Him and live our lives like Him, to be like the Lord Jesus Christ. So number one, we look around, and we see people in the Bible and in present-day life who are living for God and we seek to follow their example. Number two, we look within. Notice in Hebrews chapter 12, it says this. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. When I was reading one commentary by, by Wearsby, Warren Wearsby, he gave the illustration of, of people that when they were training, they wore weights. Of course, when they ran the race, they took those weights off if they wanted to win. But he also gave the example, and I like this because I like baseball, of, of when you're in the on-deck circle, quite often you put a weight on your bat. But you certainly don't have that weight on the bat when you go up to bat. You lay aside every weight. The problem is that so often there are things that hold us back when it comes to living the Christian life. It might be something that is not bad in itself. But should we be choosing between what is bad and good or between what is good and better or best? We really need to be choosing what is best. And there are things that hold us back when it comes to living the Christian life. You probably know what tends to hold you back. What tends to get in your way? What tends to hinder you? Things that are not necessarily sinful in themselves, but they hinder us when it comes to living the Christian life. We need to lay aside every weight and lay aside every sin. Lay, lay aside the sin which so easily besets us or entangles us. I don't know about you, but as I look at my life, I recognize there are certain things that I have a tendency to do. There are other things that they don't bother me a bit, that, that, I, that I'm not tempted to do by God's grace. But there are certain things that, that are tempting to me. You know, I don't think I've had a chocolate chip cookie in, in weeks and weeks. And come to think of it, Super Bowl would be a really good time to have chocolate chip cookies, <laughs> would it not? There are certain things that tend to get the best of us, so to speak. It might be anger, it, 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 it might be lust, it might be something else. But we need to lay aside every sin. Now, according to God's word, there are sins of commission. There are sins of omission. A sin of commission is when God's word says, don't do it, and we do it. Thou shalt not steal. We steal. That's a sin of commission. A sin of omission is when we know we ought to do something, and we do not do it. Now, there's a verse that says, pray without ceasing. If we don't spend much time in prayer, then that's a sin of omission. We are told that we should be studying God's Word and memorizing God's Word and meditating on the Word. If we don't do that, that's a sin of omission. Uh, we're told to witness, to share the good news about Jesus Christ. If we don't do it, that is a sin of omission. And God's Word in Hebrews chapter 12 and verse number 1 says that we should lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily besets us. Shouldn't we be living lives of total obedience? And none of us are going to be perfect. There, there are none of us until Jesus Christ comes back. None of us are going to be what we ought to be. 
But shouldn't we be growing and becoming more what God wants us to be day by day? Shouldn't we become, be becoming more like the Lord Jesus Christ on a regular basis? And when we sin, the good news is that as we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Not only do we need to, to look around into the Word of God as well as around us in the world today and see people who are living for God and follow their example, but we also need to look within and ask ourselves the question, how am I doing? Are, are, there, are there sins that I need to confess and repent and work on? Are there weights that I need to take care of? One of the things I did not like when I played football was when we would watch the films. I don't know if, if y'all did that. It, it's, I think it's more prevalent today than it was back in my time, just like it's more prevalent today for them to lift weights than back in my day. Uh, but we did watch films on occasion. And the interesting thing about films, every once in a while they show what you did well, but a lot of times they show what you did badly. How in the world did I miss that tackle? How in the world did, did I miss that pass? That reminds me of a, a screen pass. It was a tough game, and, and we, I think we ended up winning the game, but it was a really close game, and, and it was a screen pass to me, and they threw the ball to me, and nobody was anywhere near me. It was a nice, easy pass. I guess you need to catch the ball before you run. Well, I didn't do that. I missed the pass, and I think I remember the films that week. I didn't need to watch the films. I was embarrassed anyway. We need to look within and see where we are weak, where we're messing up, and seek to address those issues. Well, thirdly, we need to look ahead. Notice it says, therefore, we also, since we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, look around. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. Look within. And then it says this, let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. You know, when you're running a race, you don't need to be looking back. In fact, if you look back while you're running a race, there is a good possibility you're going to lose. I know that every once in a while, I'll be walking along with my kids and to, to kid with them. I know they're on my right side, so I look to my left side, and they walk right on past me, and they... they they thought it was real funny a long time ago. They don't think it's funny anymore. But when you look behind, a lot of times you lose. So what we need to do is look ahead. Look ahead toward the goal, the race that is set before us. Now, my question is this. Who has set a race before us? I believe God has. God has a purpose for your life. God has a purpose for my life. And he wants us to focus on that purpose. He wants to focus on the race that is set before us. It reminds me of a verse I mentioned just a minute ago, actually Philippians chapter 3, verses 13 and 14. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth to those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. You think God wants us to look ahead and seek to live for him? We, we confess and repent. We put the past behind us, but we look ahead to the future and we press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. It's important for us to look ahead, to, 
live according to purpose and to live with endurance. It's not easy. Life is sometimes difficult. Winning is sometimes difficult. In fact, winning is almost always difficult. If we're really going to do well in life, we have to work hard at it. We need to trust and obey if we're going to be successful in living the Christian life. So it's important for us to live with endurance, with patience. Keep on keeping on is something that we need to do. Whether it's two-a-days in August or whether it's just continuing to be faithful to God uh, by spending time in His Word, by spending time in prayer, by witnessing, or whatever it might be, we should run with endurance the race that is set before us. So we look ahead. We focus on the future. One more uh, principle I think we can look at. It's found in verse number 2. Hebrews 12, 2. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. We need to look up. We need to look at Jesus. We need to have faith. We've talked about that a lot. In fact, we talked about three principles uh, discipline, excuse me, faith and focus and discipline. Well, two, two of those are, are included in this portion of Scripture as well as, as well as running with endurance the race set before you. That's discipline. So really, all three of those needs are seen in this portion of Scripture. But probably the most important is looking to Jesus. Because there's no way that we can live the Christian life in our own strength. If we feel like we are able to do that, then we need to be careful because that's when we're going to fall. In fact, in, in 1 Corinthians chapter um, 10 and verse number 12, right after it talks about withstanding temptation, it basically says that if we think we stand, we need to take heed lest we fall. It's important for us to have faith, to trust in Jesus, to look up to Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. It goes back to Hebrews eleven six. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. And as we look at this portion of Scripture, we need to recognize that Jesus is our perfect example. Wouldn't you agree with that? That Jesus is our perfect example. And we need to follow Him. We need to be like Him. We need to learn from Him. Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 through 8. Let this mind be in you. Let this attitude be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus who being in the form of God did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. In other words, Jesus, he humbled himself. He sacrificed. He did what it took in order to provide everlasting life for us by dying on the cross to pay the penalty for our sin. Well, what was the result? Verse, verse 9, Therefore God also has highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, those in, in heaven, those on earth, those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. He did what it took to accomplish God's purpose. And God blessed. God exalted him. And I believe that when we trust Jesus and we do what it takes, that God is honored and God is glorified. Jesus is our perfect example. Jesus is our powerful enabler. In other words, he enables us to do whatever he wants us 
to do. Galatians 1.20, Paul said, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Isn't that a great verse? The fact is, we can't do it on our own. We need to die with Christ and let him live his life in and through us. We surrender to him and we depend on him to work in us. Colossians 1.27 says, Christ in you, the hope of glory. And then one that's more familiar, Philippians chapter 4 and verse number 13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You know, it's, it's fun to win. But if, if we're going to win, we need to run to win. We need to be following principles of God's word if we're going to be victorious when it comes to living the Christian life. And therefore, it's important for us to look around. Look into God's word and look around us at people who are living for God and follow their example. It's important for us to look within, to forsake the weights and the sins that hold us back. It's important for us to look ahead, to focus on the race that God has set before us. Live according to his purpose. Live with endurance. And it's important for us to look up, to have faith in Jesus Christ. He's the author and finisher of our faith. He's the one that begins it. He's the one that ends it. And as we trust in him, there is no telling what he will do in and through us. According to Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20, he's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or think according to the power that works in us. So we need to look up, to look to him, to trust him, to work in us. Again, when it comes to living the Christian life, just like in athletics, it's fun to win. It's fun to live victoriously. And some of us, as we have lived our lives in the past, we've failed, we've messed up, and we look back and we think, ah, I can't do it. There's no way that, that I can live for Jesus Christ. But the reality is that each and every one of us can do it as we look around, as we look within, as we, what's number three? <laughs> look ahead, run the race that's set before us. And then finally, we look up and focus on the Lord Jesus Christ. Doesn't that sound good? And let me ask you this. Is that not much more important than winning a Super Bowl or anything else on this earth? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word and for what we can learn from it. I pray that we might not be content with defeat but that instead we might have victory in Jesus Christ as we follow the principles of your word. I pray, Lord, that you will work in us in a significant way today and in days to come. Transform us by the renewing of our minds so that we may prove your good, acceptable, and perfect will. In Jesus' name, amen. You need to make a decision. I encourage you to do it. It might be to trust Jesus Christ as Savior. We're all sinners. We don't deserve to go to heaven Jesus died on the cross, paid the penalty for our sins so we can, if we believe, if we trust Jesus Christ as our Savior. Many of us have done that. Perhaps we've been living in defeat. But let's run to win by following these principles and first and foremost, trusting the Lord Jesus Christ. We can do all things through Christ who strengthens us.